0: You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually, consciously living today. Here's your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we dive into yoga in its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living today. And we have such a timely topic today, how to be your healthiest self. And by discovering your body's intelligence, and I'm so delighted to be welcoming To the yoga hour today, Dr. Rachel Abrams. Um, She's a board certified integrative and family practice physician, and she runs the award winning Santa Cruz Integrative Medicine. Uh, medical clinic in San Jose, California, and she's been voted best doctor in Santa Cruz every year from 2009 to 2019. She teaches thought-provoking and dynamic workshops internationally, and today we're going to be... referring to her book, Body Wise, Discovering Your Body's Intelligence for Lifelong Health and Healing, which is the most recent of her five published books. You can find out more about Dr. Rachel Abrams and her programs at her website's First one, Doctor Rachel, just like it sounds, d o c t o r r a c h e l dot com, and Medicine dot com. Welcome, Doctor Abrams. I'm so delighted to have you join me on the Yoga Hour today. Thanks for saying yes.
2: Oh, thanks for asking, Ellen. It's really my pleasure.
1: Wonderful. So, our tradition on Yoga Hour is that we practice a little online yoga before we dive into conversation, just a centering moment, which will be so lovely to experience today. So, please join me now as we join together with our listeners. No matter where you are, if you're sitting listening to us, if you're in your car, if you're out for a walk. Let's please take a breath. Just begin by being aware of the breath. So breathe in, feel the breath coming into your nostrils. (sighs) Feel the breath moving out again. And once again, just breathe, breathe in, breathe out and then let us just be aware of being aware how we can notice where our body is in space we can feel the support for our body whether that's the earth if you're walking the earth beneath your feet the seat beneath you in a car, the cushion beneath you as you sit in a chair or on the floor. Just feel the support that the earth provides in so many ways for the body. And as we feel that support in this moment, Let us acknowledge the greater field of support, divine support, that divine power and presence that surrounds us and indwells us, that is the life of our life, that is indeed the breath of our breath. Spirit is breath. And it is breathing us in this moment. So be aware of that omnipresent, invisible support. We have so many forms of visible support, but we also have that ever more powerful, invisible support. So let yourself just imagine that or feel that. Let your mind, your thinking mind, sink into your heart your deeper awareness and your essence of being. And notice that with the breath and with becoming aware of your felt sense in this moment, that the mind becomes a little quieter. And when it does, some peace finds its way in to the mind and to the body So breathe into that peace now, feel that peace. And let us always, 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 always take a moment to share that peace. Let us be united in peace, united in love, united in this life, which is one life, one power, one presence. Let us go forth now into this day or this evening ahead, whenever you are listening, with that peace in our hearts and in our minds and a commitment to be that presence of peace, sharing it with all we meet. Peace, peace. I'm going to begin with a quote from Living for the Sake of the Soul. It's a book of inspirations that I put together. It says, Consider the power of truthful living expressed through simple, profound acts. What is one thing you can do that supports healing, reveals harmony and the presence of peace? Do that. Do not put it off. Draw on the wellspring of infinite creativity. So I am so delighted and and honored to have Dr. Rachel Abrams with us today, who is going to share with us uh, some of her wisdom about this power of truthful living in the sense that we have this wisdom within us. Of course, we know that, but we have a way of accessing it within our bodies of course, that can help us live harmonious and healthy lives. So, um, Dr. Rachel, would you start with telling us a little bit about what prompted you to write this wonderful book, um, Body Wise? Sure. So,
2: I'm an integrative uh, physician, which means that in addition to regular Western medicine, I also know a lot about herbal medicine, Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine um, from the Indian tradition. Um, And really a lot just about uh, human psychology, which is a big part of what I do, um, because I am quite certain that our health is um, highly related to our emotions, our experiences, traumas, our lives in general. Um, And what I noticed uh, after 20 years of practice was that the patients that came to see me, no matter what had happened to them, whether it was a physical ailment or it was an early trauma the ones that got better are the ones who had the ability to listen inside themselves to really pay close attention to what their body was trying to tell them, because the body is really our greatest resource. I mean, I love labs and studies and all those usual doctor things, but the best tool I have is the person sitting in front of me and their ability to sense what might be happening or why it might be happening because I'm not that interested in just leaving symptoms so that can be helpful. I really want to get to the root cause of what's happening and you can't do that unless you let that person tell the story of their body experience themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. So I wrote Body Wise with that in mind, trying to help patients understand, feel into, and really become their own physician um, by listening to their own body and paying attention and really requiring that their healthcare providers pay attention to.
1: Hmm. you know and it's um i really appreciated your work and that commitment that you have um because it seems to me somewhere along the line i and i don't exactly know why but maybe due to our worship of science and science is a great ally um but it is not um the highest power and so You know, somewhere along the line, we've been um, sort of programmed, or we've programmed ourselves to disregard our body signals or to not trust them and to look outside of ourselves, you know, for wisdom. So very often, you know, we go to doctors or specialists um, wanting them to take charge, right? And right. That, which is a little you crazy. Know, and it's just um, kind of a given in our climate. And so to have um, doctors and health practitioners who are really helping us to get back in touch with our own innate wisdom. Um, you know, I'm I'm aware that the only healer is actually the self, <laughs> a capital S yeah. self. Yeah. So I see doctors and our health practitioners ideally as supports um, for helping the self do what it innately um wants to do, which is to bring forth, and um, health and thriving and well Um, you, um, you have focused body wise, um, as a health manual in a sense for women. And, um, tell us a little bit about why, um, why it's for women in particular or yeah, yeah. I mean, why why that? Yes. Why women in particular? Although I know, you know, from reading your book, you say, of course, you know, these same principles will work for men, but you really address women uh, in the book. Mm-hmm.
2: So, well, it was actually an interesting uh, publishing decision. I wanted to write it for men and women because Oh, good grief. You know, if women have trouble listening to their bodies, men really have trouble listening to their bodies Uh because uh, our culture uh shuts down Uh um, men's ability to listen to those signals and to their own emotions. And they actually need help uh, in this area quite a bit. So I was torn. Um, But there are so many experiences of being female that are particular um, and so many uh, expectations and oppressions of the female body in general, um, that I wrote it for women so that I could focus on some of those transitions and some of that um, body hatred that is rampant uh, in our culture. And body hatred really gets in the way of honoring and listening to your body. And unfortunately, our capitalist uh, culture is all about encouraging you to be unhappy with your body so that you spend more money.
1: <laughs> yes. So you need you need something to fix it. Right? It's exactly. Yeah. or someone, something or someone. And either way, it's a little
2: bit of a sellout, you know, and I am not saying you don't want great practitioners on your side. Please, God, you know, you should find a wonderful physician, a wonderful nurse practitioner, a wonderful acupuncturist or a Ayurvedic practitioner or chiropractor, whoever you want to see that you trust and you really feel alignment with. But in my opinion, there is no situation, including with a spiritual teacher where you should turn over your will or your own deep insight to another person. That really is your job on this path. You know, our... Uh, responsibility, as you said, is to listen to to listen to our bodies and to find that alignment with that greater self with a capital S in order to walk this path in this lifetime. So um, I'm really just sort of bringing that insight to medicine in a very practical way and helping people take response, understand and take responsibility for their bodies and then find allies who will listen to them, who that they, they trust so that they can move forward in getting well
1: there are, Thank you so much and there there's so much that I want to talk with you about today um, and of course, now, if uh, for our listeners who are listening in in real time, you know we are in the midst of a global pandemic, and um, we have an uprising against injustice. Uh, in the US and some points around the world today. So um, the stress is um, off the charts. And so it's a time, of course, for our body's wisdom. It's also a time for us to uh, explore more deeply you know our relationship with um, justice and with healing uh globally, so those are such big topics but let 's start yeah. with yeah. how we tune yeah, into yeah. our body 's wisdom um, because surely we need that right now, and um, is there anything you know in terms of what you would point to in your book that you might highlight today? Uh, in this time of the pandemic and social unrest. Yeah.
2: I mean, what's coming to me right
1: now um,
2: is that the, the way that we got to the place, to the relationship between um, white Americans and African Americans in the United States, which is particular, is, is out of slavery. And slavery really is the ownership of somebody's body, Um, And this ownership of another human as if they were not human really is the root cause here. And it's, it's not so old in our history and it carries through in a variety of ways. And when I talk to my African-American friends these days, what I hear from them is, um, yes, this is painful. Yes, it needs to happen. And I am completely ignoring my body, not all of them, but many of them, in the service of this cause. So one thing I would say is that um, the the struggle for civil liberties uh, is acute right now, but it is still a marathon and not a sprint. So if you are an ally or if you are a person of color, In order to sustain this and and to try to reverse what we know, which is that Native Americans and African Americans in the United States, uh, at least, and I don't have the statistics for other countries, um, are dramatically less healthy in every important way. Heart disease, cancer, high blood pressure, diabetes, um, all of the major diseases that kill us are more serious and more deadly. And COVID is no exception it is not quite double the rate, but it's getting close. It is, a, it is an embarrassment to our healthcare system. Um, the higher rates of death in people of color going to the hospital later, not getting as good a care and then just suffering and dying more from this disease. So I feel like this pandemic and uh, the racial unrest are really just shining a light on the dark places that we have not been attending to and not been looking at in our body politic. Um, and that doing so is the only way we're going to actually find real uh, freedom for everybody in our society. And yeah, that's if
1: you are... so I'm sorry, please go ahead.
2: Yeah. And if you are an ally, if you are not a person of color, then, you know, gaining some understanding of the intensity of what's happening for people of color and what has happened for you know, a 1,000 years for uh, people of color is really important to be able to support them. And one way you can support people is by helping them care for their bodies, which is a lot of what I'm doing, reminding them, which I'm going to remind all of you, <laughs> because there are plenty of people who, uh, there are plenty of white folks who care deeply about this issue and also are on the news all the time and marching and active and also ignoring their bodies for the cause. So I just want to say that in this moment, it's ever more important to pay attention to the fundamentals of your wellness so that what we're trying to bring about so that the transformation we're seeking has lasting power. And so that we don't just become more victims of the problem in the meantime. So, you know, what that means to me is paying attention to those five fundamentals of health that i talk about in body and they're simple and many of them will not surprise you eating sleeping moving loving and finding purpose so eating you know honestly there are a lot of people because of covid because of the pandemic who just need food brought to them you know there's ways to take action on that you know honestly making a meal and bringing it to your neighbor is an awesome thing to do the world doesn't always ch- does not change by big strokes it changes by small acts by each of us in the communities where we live to try and bring more uh, love and light so any way that you can help with that and then you know noticing what you're choosing to eat at a time of stress like this and if it is more processed food and sugar you're making your, you're letting the society of sickness make you sick. So, just having a little more attention, not beating yourself up, I don't think that's useful, but having a little more attention for what your body really wants, what it actually needs in order to sustain it, you know, in terms of a healthy immune system, in order to be able to fight off COVID, which we are not done with, I'm sorry to say, and we're not going to be done with for some time. Um, and that includes a lot of fruits and vegetables, nuts, legumes, um, organic food if you have access to it and can't afford it, healthy fats um, like avocados, olive oil, olives, all really important for increasing immunity. Mushrooms are really wonderful immunity. Garlic and ginger. And then the second of the fundamentals um, is sleep. And in my experience, when I teach on this, This is the one people struggle with the most, and it's certainly the one that human animals struggle with at a time of stress and anxiety like we're in right now. So figuring out how you can best get yourself to sleep at a reasonable hour if you're having trouble falling asleep. I'm sure, Ellen, you have all kinds of resources for meditation uh, for folks and or gentle, uh, restful yoga poses. And then there are herbs that can be really helpful. I'll just mention a couple, but I talk about this a lot in the book. Um, I think valerian root is probably my favorite, extremely effective. Um, And some people like CBD oil. That's uh, not from marijuana, but from hemp. Um, cannabidiol, I believe now legal in all the states in the United States at least, um, but very helpful for going to sleep and also helpful during the day if you're having a time of high anxiety. If you've got ill family members or people that you love or you're involved in uh, the current uprising and in whatever uh, way the current situation is making you feel unsettled and there are many possibilities, um, I think that that can be helpful. And I also love L-theanine, l Theanine, It's a, a pretty benign substance derived from green tea that is anti-anxiety and nice to use during the day. Um, and then making time to sleep enough. And also, and this is difficult. I'm in my bedroom right now because I live in a house with a bunch of uh, other adults. Um, but trying not to work in your bedroom. Doing your best to sleep in the bedroom, uh, maybe make love in the bedroom, but nothing else. Um, keeping it a sanctuary for yourself. And then the third thing is movement, and I want to add to this, getting outside as best you can. Um, If you live in a city, that can sometimes be challenging. Um, Getting, you know, even looking at trees on the sidewalk can be really healing for folks. The data on seeing nature and its impact on your adrenal cortisol response is pretty impressive. People who live in a city in an apartment and can see one tree outside their window have something like a 25 to 30 percent less risk of a heart attack than people who can't see a tree outside their window. It's that powerful. We're actually created as animals who are supposed to be outside. Um, And then love and relationships. So uh, of all the things I've talked about, love is the most powerful as a health indicator. So it's remarkable to me, like there's this great study of um, High stress, this is not surprising, high stress causes cardiovascular disease in a direct way. The more stress, the more cardiovascular disease. But in those people who have an intact network of friends and family, they have really great social connections, the impact of that higher stress is erased.
1: So this, these human. these um, points are so helpful and they're simple and profound, not always easy for us. And um, in just a moment, we're going to take a break. Um, so I want to be sure that we come back to um, those two really big foundations that you're pointing to here at the end, which is love and purpose, um, because we we know um, how important those are. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about how having a sense of purpose in life is really um, what you call um, a capstone to a life of health and um, happiness really in our relationships. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with our guest today, Dr. Rachel Abrams, sought after doctor, speaker, and author of Bodywise, the book we're discussing today. And you can find out more about Dr. Rachel Abrams at her websites drrachel.com and Santa Cruz Integrative Medicine. I'm happy that you've joined us for yoga hour today and it's such um, a profound time in uh, the U.S. and globally as we deal with a global pandemic and the rise of social unrest um, that has to do with bringing justice to its fullness. So we'll be right back with you to talk about love and purpose.
0: Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
1: You're listening to the Yoga Hour. Living the Eternal Way with your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm here today in conversation with Dr. Rachel Abrams. She's an integrative and family physician in Santa Cruz, California, and author of several books, but the one we're pointing to today is called Body Wise, Discovering Your Body's Intelligence for Lifelong Health and Healing. And I promise that we're going to um, connect with her part of her tips for healthy living that are to live with love and purpose. And I want to start off, um, Rachel, with this sense of, you know, for me, um, body awareness, you know, body felt deep listening to my body wisdom, um, is challenging enough, you know, on the personal level, you know, to to, to take the time and have the presence to do that. And um, I've been gifted with a body that will let me know <laughs> when I'm not doing that. And so, yeah. you know, uh, I have to listen to my body or, you know, it really complains. So there's that, but what I have noticed um, is that we live in such a time. I mean, even prior to the pandemic, prior to the uprisings for social justice in this um, country and racial justice in this country, um, there was this pull of things being out of harmony. In you know, in yoga, we speak of it as being adharmic. You know, against um, what is true against being in harmony with nature. So we have the uh, climate devastation going on. We have injustice going on. We have, you know, shootings in schools. I mean, there, we could just go on and on with the list. So in order to um, l- just do what we need to do on a daily basis, there's a there's a aspect of keeping that outside of our awareness, which is not wise. It's a survival tactic. But I know that the sort of general malaise that you must see in your practice all the time also is connected to that. So that's what I want to talk about, you know, because I see what's happening right now as this light shining so brightly that we cannot push it out of our awareness anymore. So tell us this, what you see, um, if it made sense in what I just said. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So,
2: (laughs) I mean, I'll start out by saying um, just the statistics, which is that the U.S. is the number one most anxious nation on Earth. And I just want you to think for a moment about other places that are war-torn, impoverished, have dictators, you know you would think would be more stressful, but no. we've got more anxiety in the U S than any nation on earth and more anxiety than we have ever had and more depression than we have ever had to the extent that we now are having a decreased um, life expectancy because of the rate of suicide and overdose. So, I mean, I find the, intensity of the desire to get away from reality in this society. Um, perhaps maybe it's the most concerning aspect because you and I know you can't heal unless you really look at what's wrong, unless you really address it. And even the, um, the National Institute of Mental Health director, previous directors, a friend of mine said, look, the, the pharmaceutical treatment of these maladies, depression and anxiety, has been an abject failure but the problem is social. The problem is a breakdown in the fabric of our society. Now, some of that breakdown, as it has been for uh, African-Americans and the Latinx population and um, uh, Native Americans and you know, multiple other uh, minority populations has been longstanding, but now we're seeing huge breakdowns uh, among all, uh, among many folks because the wealth disparity in the US Has never, hasn't been this great since 1920. So we are having societal breakdown. And when you can see where you live, like Ellen and I live in this county, which is incredibly beautiful, very liberal, and has the most wealth disparity of any county in the state of California, it is immoral. Um, And to have, you know, people with houses that cost millions of dollars Within the same radius as people who don't have enough food to eat and can't feed their families and are not considered legal and are yet providing all the food for our tables is wrong, and that awareness is important for our own being because whether we acknowledge it or not, we
1: experience it. So it's bad. Yeah. that's what I was referring to. That you know, we we often don't know what to do about it man, it's, it's a part of our everyday experience. And, and, you know, for our audience our people who are awake or waking up. Um, it's huge, you know, not, um, you cannot, once you start to wake up, you cannot keep these things out of your awareness. And, um, A lot of times I experience that people just don't know how to deal with it. And so, you know, that gives rise to all sorts of behaviors as you're pointing to, you know, to try and distance ourselves from um, the painful realities that we're living in. Yes. Yeah. And that can be drinking
2: and that can be drug use, which is in every segment of our population, but it can also be addiction addiction to social media and it could be addiction to work it can be food addiction you know we are our society somehow believes people should be happy all the time and we yet we are like the most unhappy place on earth (laughs) because (laughs) people are in denial of the dark and inside of ourselves and in the society as a whole and Um, I know you and I uh, both think that those things are related, you know, that as an individual, it really is our responsibility to claim our shadow, not to grow our spiritual selves without knowledge of our own uh, inner uh hatefulness, or uh, racism, or, uh, you know, all the aspects of self that are less savory, but are there, that you have to bring to the light to understand and to transform. Um, And I think that's true individually, and it's true as a society. And that is pretty much what we're doing right now.
1: Mm -hmm. It is. And, you know, I think that could be a place where we could enter into, um, you know, one of these essentials for healthy living that you point out, which is love. And of course, having loving relationships, close relationships, intimate relationships, friendships, um, partners, but it's also, um, for me, um, understanding the deepest meaning of love, which is The divine connection that we have to everyone, you know, to life itself, to this planet. So let's talk about love a little bit and and how you are pointing to it as essential to our health. Yeah, and I mean, this is making me
2: smile as you're talking, because what we've been talking about can feel pretty dark and the thing that makes it not so, well, it is dark, but the thing that really redeems it is that love really and truly is the greatest healer. So I'm speaking both from a medical research point of view. Um, love and relationship is by far the most positive health predictor you have. Um, so something that if you're feeling isolated, definitely figuring out how to how to reach out to others and find more community and find more connection, even despite covid Um, remains really important to your personal health, but it's also the thing that will get us through this crisis. And I think um, many uh, people who are allies to people of color get frozen um, in the, oh my God, what if I don't do it right? And really the The thing here is to do what you can and to do it with love and then to take feedback when it comes. But it is the love and the connection and just the truly caring about another human being that is going to save us, that does continue to save us um, individually and collectively. Um, And you mentioned global warming, which I'm also pretty passionate about. It's no different there. It's the love of the life force of the planet that we come from. Um, that allows us to make decisions that no longer simply use up her resources and leave her destitute and, by the way, kill ourselves in the process. So it really is from love, love of ourselves, which has to come first, love of the humans all around us, and then love of the life force of the planet that is going to be our transformation here. And, And I believe in us. I have... Stubborn optimism, um, as uh, the author of this book, we're reading a global uh, c- global warming, Christiana Figueres, talks about this idea that if, if, you, if you, uh, you have to grieve, you have to look at what is painful and true from the past and in the present and grieve it. There is no point in going over it. But you also have to then hang on to the hope, the stubborn optimism that we can do this if you allow yourself to fall into the destitute destitution of there is no hope and global warming is going to progress and, you know, racial divide is inevitable and there's nothing we can do. That's the place of depression. That's the place of anxiety. We have to move. We have to grieve as we go, but move beyond that into being the change, being the change we want to happen.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think, that this disconnect from others from the earth this lack of love you know lack of self love then you know it's a domino effect that leads to so many unhealthy behaviors and so i agree with you that that love is a necessity it's it's not a luxury for us but no. it is a necessity and you know, that profound connection that we need, profound appreciation for one another um, and for the earth. And um, just during the break, uh, Rachel and I were talking about um, a book that she's been passionate about. And I'm just reading um, that's called The Future We Choose um, by Christina Figueras, and, Figueres. And um I can't see Tom's last name, Tom Rivet something, Um, (laughs) the the future we choose surviving the climate crisis. And um, so it's a very um, clear look at um, where we are and what we need to do and how to be, um, what is it, uh, radically, passionately optimistic about what we can and must do. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I think that also can bring us to the next topic, which is about um, it's critical to our health that we have purpose for our lives. Now, you know, my spiritual teacher said it's really important for us to signify that what we need is actually higher purpose. Um, As opposed to purpose, because a lot of people have purpose, but it's not a purpose that's going to contribute to health um, or to health, you know, uh, uh, and happiness. So we want to be clear about what kind of purpose we have. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So
2: um, I think when we're talking about purpose, we're talking about it's almost always um, in the service I, for, I mean, first of all, I think that uh, there's that it is essential to actually find love for yourself. When the Dalai Lama was starting to teach in the U.S., the basis of the Tibet, of Tibetan Buddhism is you have to love others like you love yourself. But it didn't work because people didn't love themselves in the United States. So that is a problem. Um, I think we do need to do that. But purpose is almost always bigger than you and outside of yourself. It's not for your own personal gain, though you will benefit from having purpose because it gives you a sense of why you're on the planet. It gives you meaning and it gives you community and, and movement and action in the world. It gives you all kinds of things, but it's pointed towards something greater. And it could be a great spiritual vision. It could be artistic creativity that you're sharing with the world. It could be activism. It could be healing. It could be service. You know, purpose is a bigger thing. My sister is a teacher, for example, to students who are um, emotionally challenged. You know, that is a great purpose. And, you know, the other thing I've really been feeling recently, Ellen, because I don't know about you, but I often feel like, oh my God, so much needs to be done. How can I as one human Save everyone, right? I call it the, the Jesus <laughs> complex. Um, and the, the truth is, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's not, that's not how we save ourselves. It's each one of us as if there's this um, giant net, like the mycelial uh, network underground that connects all of the trees and the plants and uh, and so forth. We have an energy network amongst all of us. And it's really your your effort on that connected network that ripples out and impacts others that changes the world. It's all of us, all together, in the places we are. It doesn't have to be grand. It can be simple.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, I think, you know, one of the connections I want to draw to your work about body wisdom and learning how to really, you know, uh Access our intuition in a stronger way, our bodily felt sense of things is that our purpose needs to be authentic. And so it's, you know, it's like you're describing, you know, it can be something, you know, quote unquote, simple or grand. But what makes all the difference is whether or not our purpose, what we're living out, what gets us up in the morning is authentic. Because if we're um, trying to align with a purpose of something that we feel that we should do, that is not ours to do. Um, There's tremendous stress in that, you know, it's like trying to be somebody else, right, which is just um, not really a viable thing. So, you know, I find it's just critically important that we do that inner work of determining, you know, what is our authentic call into being, you know, what, you know, what makes our heart I'm um, sing with joy. You know, even though it's difficult, what makes our heart, what what brings us, what brings peace, you know, to our mind, and joy to our soul. Uh, so finding, you know, what our authentic purpose is, I think, is a, a really important piece of it. Yeah,
2: I heartily agree. Um, and it's confusing because just like an unjust economic system and racism sort of laid over our society. There are all these values um, and expectations and judgments laid over our society about who you have to be and how you have to behave and what you should be doing, typically accumulating stuff, you know, so that you can run the capitalist system, you know, and I'm not saying capitalism is evil. I'm really not. I'm just saying you want to think you want to question your, assumptions about, well, I'm, and there is nothing wrong with having to make money to support yourself or your loved ones. That is a, a sacred thing to be doing no matter how you're doing it. But if you have choice, then considering Trying to get outside of your family and cultural expectations, your societal expectations, to think about what really matters, what truly matters to you, what feels like you said, what brings you peace, what makes you feel like you're at home. I find that every once in a while I'm doing something and I go, oh, this just feels like I'm, I'm in the flow, right? I was born for this. This is natural to me. Um, and, that's not, and that's not always, sometimes it's work. Um, Sometimes it's work. But one day I was uh, cutting the hair of my son, my husband and my father on the porch (laughs) at my house. And I was like, oh, this is like such an easy natural expression for me to love people in my family in a practical
1: way. Hmm. And you know, bringing that up, Rachel, reminds me to add on this whole purpose thing. You know, we in the work of yoga, we look at higher purpose as dharma, and um, you know, people often look today at you know, well, what is mine to do? Like, what is my work? What is my job? But when I talk about being authentic and having your purpose be an authentic expression of who you are, what you are, that very often is a divine quality within you that's going to be expressed through you. And what you do. So your story about, you know, feeling into how natural it is for you, um, to love and to serve. And, you know, I would say, if I can just go right into your life, I would say <laughs> that's a right. natural expression, you know, that you, as a healer, you know, you're, you're here to express the love that you are. So, you know, that's a Dharma, you know, it's not that you're a physician. Um, you know, it's wonderful that you are because it provides an avenue, um, for that love to express and you have talents, you know, that allow that to be a good match for you, but your Dharma, your purpose is not your work. It It is the expression of who you are as, as love itself. Yeah. so thanks for letting me talk about you in that way
2: yeah no really thanks for the gift I appreciate it
1: yeah so I think you know it helps us if we get out of thinking of our purpose as our vocation because um, you know vocation is really an avenue for us to express um, our divine purpose in life and we're all here you know with that so um to be in touch with that is is really i think what most enhances our our health and our well-being to have a sense of you know what we're here to express and you know in my exploration it's always some divine quality it may be love it may be um healing it may be creativity um, there's so many ways it may be wisdom, you know, and, and you know we can look around us at, at the people we know and see how you know there's just these beautiful constellations of stars in 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 the sky who are here on Earth who are here expressing their their divine um, potential in so many ways, and um, so we have just uh, just a few minutes left in our conversation this morning, so let's come back to kind of where we are today um at the time of this conversation you know many cities across the US are opening and there's some tentative um reaction to that um so let's talk about the shelter in place and kind of what that has how that has impacted health and how you see us moving forward in wise ways those are two questions but go for yeah. it please yeah, yeah. so Uh, I do
2: want to say, um, as someone who is not paranoid, I am not a germaphobe. I'm a general believer that children should get muddy and dirty and, you know, expose themselves to lots of germs because that's how we build a healthy immune system. Um, that even with that, uh, mindset, I am respectfully concerned about COVID Um, I do think that the likelihood is that COVID will stay with us, that it will moderate itself, it will become less deadly, um, and it will be a little bit more like influenza, which comes through and is deadly, by the way, but we will become accustomed to it, we'll develop treatments, we'll develop vaccines, we'll have a better idea of how to deal with it. So I don't think we're going to be in this state forever. I do think we are a little bit tied to uh, behavioral interventions because they're the only thing that really works right now. Um, for a period of time. And we are experimenting right now with opening up society. And I just looked at the news this morning and hospitalizations for COVID are on the rise. So that is an expected outcome of having people in contact with more people. And I I am hoping, I am praying that wise governments will continue to lead us. But if you are vulnerable, you have Uh, an underlying illness, or you're over 60, I would say, um, then you do need to continue to be careful, Um, particularly in indoor spaces. Outdoor spaces seem to be, unless you're talking face-to-face without a mask for over an hour, you're unlikely, um, or people are yelling around you. Protests are actually a concerning, um, yeah. Place because of the yelling and the screaming and the singing, which are so much a part of a protest. Well, that projects uh, droplets out of the mouth a long way. So uh, I'd, I'd rather my vulnerable patients not be at protests. You could try to wear a really good mask and be on the periphery and stay away from people. Um, but I do think we we need to take we need to take care of ourselves in our communities. Um, So that our vulnerable people don't die. Something like 40% of the people who have died have been in nursing homes. Another huge percentage are actually older or elderly and another huge percentage are minority. So this virus is most not completely because there are young people that are dying, there are wealthy people that are dying, but really we're killing off our most vulnerable um, population.
1: And if, if I'm, it I'm sorry, here. Dr. Rachel, yep. we're just going to yep. be heading towards our close here. So I just <laughs> want to say Ellen. that what you've just given us is in, in a way a summation of the wonderful wisdom in your book, which is be wise, right? Pay attention, know your own body, know how you need to take care of yourself. And um, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a wonderful conversation. And I want to point people back to your uh, websites, drrachel.com and Santa Cruz Integrative And a thank you to all of our listeners to the Yoga Hour. Thank you for subscribing and letting people know about the yoga hour. You Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. You can find out about CSE at csccenter.org, or you can find out more about my work at ellengraceobryan.com. I look forward to being with you again. And until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world and be sure to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Um, Dr. Rachel, thank you. Again, for being with me today. Absolutely my pleasure, Ellen. Thank you for the opportunity. Wonderful. And thank you to our Yoga Hour team, uh, Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and all the volunteers who are there with her, and uh, Louis Pagan in the sound booth at Unity Online Radio. We're really grateful to be a part of Unity Radio. Thank you so much. Bye now.